Hello, Mama. Welcome to the official first episode of the Mom's Breaking Chains podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me and to be able to be on this mission with you. So for today's first episode, I'm going to get into a little bit about my story and then I'm going to talk about the mission of why I created the Mom's Breaking Chains podcast. I can't wait. Let's get into it. Hello, Mama. Welcome to the Mom's Breaking Chains podcast. My name is Monica Alvarez. I'm a faithlet mom of two beautiful babies, engaged to my best friend, a woman in recovery, an empowerment coach, and a boxing fitness trainer. In this podcast, you will find a place of empowerment, healing, and purpose work, all while partnering with God to help transform you into the woman you were always destined to become. I know that you are struggling to break the chains of addiction, abuse, and strongholds in your mindset and in your motherhood. You've gotten into recovery and you're wondering, what's next? What's my purpose? Well, mama, my mission is to help transform you mentally, spiritually, and physically so that you can become the woman that God has destined you to become. And I believe that the most important work that you can ever do is the work within yourself. You were called to be the chain breaker of your family. You were called to bring light for generations to come. So mama, if you are ready to get on this journey with me, grab a notebook and pen, fill up that cup of coffee, grab a box of tissues as we get ready to laugh and cry because your healing begins here. Let's get into today's show. All right, so before we get started, I just want to let you know about a few resources that I have connected to be a part of the community of Moms Breaking Chains. So first things first is we have a free Facebook community. If you look in the show notes, which are the links at the bottom of the show in the description, you'll see a link for Facebook, you'll see a link for Telegram, which is a non-social media app that you can get for just a, a chat room. I also created a chat for there as well in case you're like me and you don't like to be on social media for personal reasons. We will get into an episode about that, my some stuff that I love. Um, also, you'll see my Gmail on there in a way you can contact me as well as my website. So my website, I always keep updated with new things that are going on when I start coaching and things like that. So those are just a few resources for you if you want to go ahead and check those out after the episode ends today. All right, so a little bit about me. I'm from San Antonio, Texas, born and raised here, and with all my siblings as well. And so, you know, early on in my life, I I remember before I ever even picked up first drug, anything like that, you know, the understanding that I have today now was that something was already present in my life before that drug ever entered my body. So what I mean by that is I was already suffering with some kind of void and I remember early on, like in middle school, I dealt with bullying, you know, and I was, I remember I was getting bullied really bad and, and I kept those secrets to myself. And I I feel like a lot of the things I kept to myself was because my dad kind of instilled in us about, you know, and it's different for me today, right? But my dad at the time instilled about, you know, fighting back and, and it was just a thing, right? Like we just thought that if somebody hurt you, you hurt them back. And I struggled doing that, right? Like I saw my siblings would fight and defend themselves and I struggled with it. And I remember at a young age already like lying, right? Lying about that, like I would get in a fight and I would do this. And like the truth was I was getting bullied in school, right? And, uh, and I kept it quiet because I was ashamed, you know, I was ashamed that 
I wasn't going and doing what I thought my parents wanted me to do, right? Like, I already, early on, I already felt like I was letting them down by not defending myself. So there you go, right? Off the back, I was already dealing with shame, right? I was, I was dealing with, um, you know, I already felt inadequate. I remember the girls picking on me and all kinds of stuff, right? So at a very young age, I just remember feeling so sad all the time going to school, and I felt really miserable, um, going through that process, right? And then, um, I get into high school, and that was the first time I remember actually using a substance and that's when I started actually like fighting back right and I don't know if that's why I started fighting back but all I know was like something clicked and I started fighting a lot you know I got to a point where like I was always in trouble I really couldn't contain my anger I was fighting I was getting suspended I was getting expelled and I was skipping school I was using right so like I started going down this path of you know destruction but on the other hand I was also a very like driven young woman you know I was like I, I messed up like my first three years in high school and then out of nowhere I made like a turnaround in high in uh in my senior year and I joined cross country and I got a scholarship to go to college I got introduced to the sport of boxing and all this stuff right and and at the same time though I was still using like I remember it just started progressing right like I was getting drunk in high school and you know and I know today that like although it was something normal for my family growing up, like my parents. I just know that it's not that they encouraged it. They just didn't have a problem that we did it. And, um, and I, you know, and I don't shame them at all for that, right? Like, I just know that, like, they did the best they could with what they had and with the, the knowledge that they had growing up, you know, and that was something normal. That was just something that, you know, nobody even looked upon, like 15 year old drinking. Okay, no big deal. Right. And so the time started going on. Right. And I started using more and more. And by the time I was already graduating high school, I had already, I went from, you know, it doesn't matter what I was using, but just, it just started getting progressive. Right. The, the curiosity of, Oh, what's the next drug? Oh, this one's not working no more. Let me get the next one. Right. And so by the time I was already in like college, you know, I went to college shortly after that. And I just, downhill right like um just using all the time and dropping classes being irresponsible you know I, I don't honestly I really don't remember like the first two years of my college they were such a blur right so at the same time though early on like about I, I said I was like 17 my brother was in boxing and he introduced me to the sport and he was actually com competing and stuff like that and I went in there with him and I remember the first time I walked into a boxing gym and the coach in there like he just threw me in with some girl and she like beat the crap out of me right and <laughs> and it was so funny because like it was you know coming from from somebody that got bullied a lot like I thought that I was going to get intimidated by that and there was just something about that first time when that happened that I was like I gotta come back for more right like I just had this urge to like want to do it like I don't know if I just felt like I was releasing some anger finally or I you know whatever it was right in a positive way so I unfortunately I didn't go back right then and there but I was you know trying out workouts in here and stuff and then by the time I was like 20 I got introduced to this other boxing gym and that gym I walked in so let me backtrack a little a little bit that I dealt with uh, going into these boxing gyms was there wasn't a lot of women at the time right and so this was probably about 15 years ago and so there wasn't a lot of women at the time when I was first going so when I was trying out new gyms I was dealing with a lot of oh well we're not a, a gym for girly girls and we're not this for this right and I would get you know discriminated against you know I mean that's just the word I could use and I remember feeling like, man, like, why don't, you know, like, I, it's like I wanted to get trained and I really couldn't find a trainer that took me serious, even though I would show up or I would try. So when I was 20 years old, I walked into this gym with um, a, a gym that my brother introduced me to. 
And when I walked in, this coach, like, you know, he was really welcoming and he opens up his gym and I see a bunch of women, female fighters all over his wall, like champions. And I was like, what? You know, and he was like, yeah, I've been a female, you know, trainer for since 1990. You know, I've been training women. And, and you know, when people told me I was crazy. And so, I, you know, something clicked there. Right. And, and I, I was like, wow. So I remember I started training, right, little by little, just going. And fortunately, I was still using a lot. Right. Like I was still going back and I would come hungover. And I remember a couple of times, like when I first started training and my coach had asked me, he's like, do you want to compete? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. And he's like, well, let's put you in for sparring. Let's give it a try. Right. And if those of you that are not familiar with boxing, sparring is your practice boxing match before your match right that doesn't count against you and so I got thrown in there and and he was like man you you know you're doing really well and (laughs) I look back at those videos now I'm like oh no I didn't but he just you know he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself right and uh and I know that God had placed him in my life in that reason right And, and not only that he started becoming this father figure to me. And I've always had, and I had my father in my life, right? Like I said, I've always had my dad in my life, right? Up until when he passed five years ago, but he always was present, right? And the thing that I noticed, you know, was like, I, I think I was just missing that interaction, like that father daughterly talk and unfortunately my dad was like really heavy in his alcohol he, he was an alcoholic and he I, that's all I saw all my life right like him drinking him working you know coming home just kind of going in his room like he wouldn't really socialize with us you know and so when I got into this boxing gym I felt like for the first time I was feeling that fatherly connection with somebody right like somebody that was actually taking me under the wing to teach me something some life lessons right and trust me my father did the best he could with what he knew how like he would take me out to do some mechanic work and get my hands dirty and he taught me a lot of things in life right like I I love him and you know and I miss him dearly right but at that time, you know, I really felt like I needed something more, right? And so for the first time, I found a positive outlet, somebody that believed in me. And I remember showing up to the gym hungover and this coach would be like, you need to get out of here. You're not going to come in here. I got children in here. And so, and it was those little nudges, right? Like those little disciplines that started making me be like, okay, maybe I need to start doing something different, right? So, I mean, it didn't make me stop using, you know, unfortunately, but it did get me to get in there and start trying to take training more serious. I remember one time I made an excuse and he was like, you know what, take off your gloves, go home and come back when you stop with your excuses. And I was like, oh, he's so rude, right? But like, I needed that. I needed somebody to call me out on those little petty things that I had been complaining about, right? Like wanting to give up fast and, and you know, and, and trying to fake my way out of stuff, right? Because I told you early on, I lied a lot, right? So I caught myself lying and he called me out on it. I felt like he spotted it, right? Like he spotted that I was lying and that I really wasn't hurt, but I was saying it to get out of training. So it started a little, you know, like I said, these little disciplines started making me, you know, want to do better so that by the time I turned 21, which was not, you know, only a few months later, um, I decided to go compete. I competed for my first Golden Glove Championship, first fight, and I won. And uh, and from there, it just took off, right? Like, I just felt this, like, I felt this accomplishment, right? Like, on a different level, because it's not an accomplishment of, like, you know, and, of course, the, you know, the studying, the academic stuff is great, but I just felt like because I struggle with my weight so much right I struggle with eating disorders and things like that things that I I haven't you know I'm going to get into in different episodes but all early on I struggle with all of that you know and so when I finally 
accomplish something like when my hand got raised that I won that championship I just remember it was like the best feeling in the world right I remember being like oh my god like I worked for this right like I worked hard for this and and then from there I just kept competing right I kept competing um you know again my using got heavier I started getting to a point where I was kind of living like a double life I would get really really like wasted all night and then I would try to like come down or you know, I would use something to try to get me to boost up before training. And, and usually it was a drug, right? And I would get in. And then so that was just the cycle, right? And, and you know, from the external, people were like, man, you're doing so good. You're losing weight. Look at you. And like nobody had a clue that I was suffering, right? Nobody had a clue that like when I left that gym that I was going to get my next fix, right? Or that I probably was barely coming down off the drugs and so I I was struggling you know internally and my family knew I was struggling right they saw the pain I was going through they saw that I would the things that I would do right the habits and and the leaving and I remember my mom crying to me one time and telling me like you know because I would disappear for days sometimes a week you know I wouldn't answer I mean I couldn't even afford a phone sometimes because I started just using my money a lot at the end just to you know, every little money I got, it was going to the dope man. I remember my mom one time I got, I got there and I remember her crying and saying like, I'm worried that they're going to knock on the door and give me some news about you someday. You know, like as a mother today, that has got to be the most painful thing as a mother to not know if your child is alive or not, that they've been gone for so long and, and they're lost, you know, and they're hurting. And I just remember her telling me like, uh, you know, I worry about you, you know, and, and, um, and I wish that I could have changed right then and there, but unfortunately I just wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready. I did start making promises that I was going to try, right. And I'm going to try and I'm going to try. And I couldn't, you know, like, I, I really just couldn't, right? I, I just couldn't understand, and I couldn't understand why I, I couldn't stop, right? And then, you know, fast forward later, I'm at the gym, and I, I get to this place where I started really feeling the effects, right? Like, I truly believe that what's spewing on the inside is going to start, what's what's uh, manifesting in the inside is going to start spewing on the outside, right? So, like, if I'm containing all this bitterness, anger, you know, whatever it is that's stewing in me, it's going to start coming out, right? Well, I was starting to feel that misery, right? That spiritual, emotional, mental bottom that I was starting to hit. I was starting to feel so much pain inside that like it was just starting to overflow on the outside. Like you could just tell that I was struggling. Like, you know, I I look back at some of the pictures towards around that time and I was like, man, like I look at them today and I'm like, how did I keep going like that? You know, like I, I look like I was like a walking dead person, you know, like you could just see that the life was sucked out of me, you know? And, and then, uh, you know, I say that I say, I got to the gym and, and there's another part in my story that I'm going to get into. Right. But at the time I had a lot of resentment towards men, right. For, for a good while in my life, there was, so with that, I wouldn't talk to men, you know, I, I was real, like shut off to them. I mean, I, surprisingly, I was real connected with my coach, but other guys that kind of came around me at the gym, I either like try to rip their heads off too. Like I was always trying to like put my chest up against them to fight them. Right. Like that's just how I was right. Like real in defense mode. And, and so I always had my guard up with men, but for some reason, reason that day right I came in like with my head down I say like usually like my toe tucked between my legs right like I kind of was in that place of you know I was receptive and this gentleman they would partner us up to do some workout drills and this gentleman comes up to me and he's like hey sister are you okay and I'm just like and I, I don't even know what I said I don't know if I said yes no I don't even know if I didn't respond but all he said was like I've been clean for two years and I can help you 
right? And those are the words that stood out to me because for I look back today and I'm like, man, God, you sent me an angel, right? Because it was because of that gentleman that God used to plant the seed in me that there was something different out there. Addiction, I thought that that was the end. I thought that, oh, well, you're going to die this way, right? Once an addict, always an addict. You're going to die this way. This is just what it is, right? Oh, your dad, your grandpa, all them are addicts, so you're going to be one too, right? Like if it was, they were like generational curses, right? It's what they call them. And, and when I heard that, the first part of me was like, what? And another part of me was like, you're full of crap, right? Like that's where my mind went to it. But I believed him enough that I asked more. I intrigued. He took me to a first recovery meeting and I was like, wow, right? And, and the seed got planted, you know, the seed got planted. And for the first time I was like, wow, I let my guard down, right? To like allow somebody in to help me. And without asking for help, it's like God knew I wasn't going to ask for help because I was so stubborn and set in my way. So he's like, I'm going to send you somebody to help you, right? That divine intervention, which I'm so grateful for. And so the seed got planted. That was back in 2011 and I was in and out. But throughout that, right, I was seeing people getting clean in this in this recovery program. And I was like, wow, like this is insane, right? Like I, I a part of me just didn't believe it, but a part of me did because I kept trying to go and return, right? I kept trying to like get fed and, and get, was, I was hearing something that I was drawn to. And so finally in 2015, I, you know, after I kept relapsing, I, I would try to pick up some clean time and I would relapse, pick up clean time, relapse. Finally at, you know, March 30th, 2015, I made the decision to, you know, completely stop. Right. And, uh, one thing that somebody told me right before that, that clean date, because I kept relapsing. And I remember he told me, he's like, it is so simple. But when you break it down, he says, the only reason that you keep relapsing is because you don't give yourself a chance to let the feelings pass. And he's like, you just react on them. And I said, whoa, right? And so that really hit me, my spirit in a way that I never thought before, right? When, I, when I'm using, right, I'm trying to cover something up. So the minute that I felt a feeling, which was foreign to me, because I suppressed them all my life, right, in some way, shape, or form, I, I went back to my what my original state was at the time, right? And it was to change the way that I felt. Suppress your feelings. Don't feel your feelings, right? And I really feel like a lot of that comes from, from what we're taught growing up, right? And, and it's not just our parents, right? It's even maybe teachers, mentors, friends, right? You get family influencers ch- telling you things, right? So you get all these things put into your head, at such a young age, right? And all the, I call them all these seeds. And then they begin to grow as you get older, right? Just like a plant, it starts to grow into what those seeds are planted. So just like that, that's what our children are, right? We start planting seeds in them early. Well, what are we growing? What's going to become fruitful of it, right? We're planting seeds of darkness of, oh, this, and you're speaking this over them. Well, guess what you're going to produce, right? But at that time, you know, I didn't understand. But again, knowing that my parents did the best they could with what they had, right? And um, and it wasn't just them, right? It wasn't my parents. It, you know, I don't, I don't put fault on them at all. Like I love them and I adore them and I, and I'm grateful for them, right? And um, and because they taught me a lot of great attributes to life, right? They they taught me some things that I that that I love and I still carry with me till this day. Then you know, I get in recovery and uh, in through that whole time, right? Another piece of it was I was always in and out of toxic relationships, right? Constantly abusive ones, ones that fight, ones that curse, ones that you know we get in each other's face, we disrespect. So I never 
really had clear definition of what a relationship should look like, right? Like healthy relationships in my family just didn't exist. And unfortunately, I saw my mom and dad that they loved each other. But I also saw a lot of pain that my dad put my mom through, you know, and so I had to see a lot of that, right? And and uh, and we see those things, right? And then we see it with the, the aunts and the uncles and the cousins, you know, and you just see it, right? You see all the, the things and, and uh, my mom was, I, I got to see a lot of, you know, just how she carries herself, right? With like that strength and that grace and I always admired to want to be like her, right? So I was like, okay, well, if I stick and I stay, then I can be like her, right? And I never could. I, I could never understand why I kept getting in like these crazy toxic relationships, right? Like I would, they would be crazy. So, you know, that, that was my, another, right? Another belief system about relationships. If you're jealous, you're toxic, you hit me, you love me. And that was my, you know, distorted thinking about, about relationships. So two years into my recovery, almost two years, I met the amazing man who is the now the father of our, you know our two beautiful babies right at least our daughter Aliciana and our son Crescencio and he's also in recovery as well right when I met him I had no idea like I, I it was so foreign for me because how great of a man he was that I didn't even feel worthy of being in his presence like I'm going to go really deep in there, right? Because that is, we talk about that really, really like, talk about those inadequacies, right? Like feeling inferior to people. Like that's just what I felt because he, I, I could not believe that somebody not only as good looking as him, but as, you know, spiritual as him wanted anything to do with me. And I, I tried leaving, right? I tried leaving and I tried talking myself out of it. And, and I'm just so grateful, right? That like, that I stayed and that I made the decision because I deserved it, right? It had nothing to do with him. Like he's an amazing man. It had to do with me. I felt so broken and so unworthy of love that I didn't even know how to receive it, right? I couldn't even receive a compliment, everything. So like fast forward now, right? We're engaged and we have our two beautiful babies and, you know, and I get to experience what true love feels like and it's because I've done a lot of work on myself it's because I've had to go through a lot of pain I've had to go through a lot of what did not work to find out what does work and I'm able to like say that like I get to marry my best friend right and uh, he truly is my best friend like he knows everything about me and that I take you know I used to say you don't ever tell you know you don't ever tell them everything maybe there's some relationships where you can't right but in this case, I've never found where I couldn't, right? And it was just, again, with that trust coming in with that that perception of hating men because all men act this way and putting a stereotype on men, right? So, like, I've grown tremendously as a woman growing through, right? And, and it's all through God's love and grace, right? And the testimony and the women that he put in my life and the recovery program and everything that he's put in my life has all come to place. And, like, I have so many men in my life today that I love, that I adore. I get to be a mother. I get to, like... I have beautiful relationships with my brothers. Like I get to just just soak it all in, right? And I love it. I do. So now becoming a mom, I became a mom in recovery, right? And and I started to see how even becoming a mom in recovery with some time under me, I was like, wow, like I'm still struggling really bad, like mentally, right? Like I, I found myself that even though, right, even though I got the man and I got the children, and, you know, we got the life going together, I found myself 
hitting another, right, emotional, mental, spiritual rock bottom. And I was like, what is going on, right? And so it allowed me to see that it didn't matter if I was using drugs, using gambling, whatever I was using, right? Because addiction comes in many forms. Today, I understand that it's not just the drugs. We think of active addiction and we tie it to drugs, okay? There's alcohol, there's drugs, there's, I mean, I can, we're addicted to our phone, right? We're addicted to social media. We're addicted to, I mean, you talk about it, right? Like anything that makes you react obsessively and compulsively to change the way you feel, to distract you from your real life. And that's how I started viewing it. So anyways, I got to that place where I felt so down and I said, okay, well, what do I do differently? Right. And, and so, you know, starting to do some more inner healing work, right. And, and overcoming some things and, and, um, and still a work in progress. Right. But I, I say that to say that, our children, whether you were in your active addiction with your children, whether you had children after you got clean, whatever it is, right? I just want you to know that whether they saw you in your addiction or they didn't, you are a testimony of transformation. You are a testimony of God's loving grace. And so before you beat yourself up that like, oh, well, my kids got to see me like this and my kids don't want to talk to me. Like, I want you to just take a step back and really think about, hey, you know what? Like, my kids get to, right, see me be a different person today. Because even though, right, I want to share something with you. Even though I wasn't an active drug addiction, right, my kids saw me in full-on addiction with my phone, right? They saw me locked and loaded on my social media. They saw me in active addiction. And my son is three, my daughter's one. But when I started ignoring them and putting my phone and everything before them, they saw me. They saw the addiction manifest in front of their eyes, right? Like they got to see that part of their mom neglecting them and, you know, and putting the phone before them. And and when I say neglect, it's not like I was leaving them alone forever. It means like they were talking to me and I'd be like, hold on, baby, hold on, hold on. Like my phone comes first, you know what I mean? And so they got to still feel those feelings, right, that I felt as a little girl, you know, a lot with my dad mostly, right? Like I, I didn't really experience that with my mom at all, as a matter of fact, but I did with my dad, you know, and he was in this addiction, right? Like I couldn't have asked for anything more. And he, I know that if he could have given me more, he would have, right? I try not, I'm, I'm not hard on him about it, right? Like I'm, I'm coming to this grace and I'm, I can't say that I'm in a fully forgiving mode yet, but I've gotten so much better, right? Like my heart has just been feeling so unhardened with him about him. And that's because, right, of God's love and grace. Like he's, allowing me to see and have love and compassion for people today right and and that's a whole different thing for me right than what I used to be because I was very very unforgiving the, the thing about this podcast is that I gave you a little glimpse of how it looked like for me as a mother in recovery and as a child that had parent in their active addiction I get to experience both sides right so that's why in my heart I felt like man we are the example we are the ones that are going to, we're, we're the ones that our kids see every day. We're the ones that our kids look, you know, they think of mom, they think of dad, right? Or, you know, they right away, their mindset's like, we're who they look up to, right? So usually their life is going to be affected by the relationships they have with us, right? The way they view women, the way they view men is going to be an example of how they view us, right? Or the relationship they've had with us. And so... I just find it so important in my heart, right, that we, we have a calling in our hearts, mamas, like we have a calling to be something different for our children. We have a calling 
to show our children something that maybe we never got to experience, right? Maybe you didn't have your mom present. Maybe your mom was the one in active addiction and it wasn't your dad. Or maybe you didn't get to have a relationship with your parents, right? Or, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, I'm speaking to just the pain because regardless and what form it looks like externally, the pain is still the same. I know that there's some pain that's greater than others. And, you know, when we're dealing with losses and, and we're not here to compare pain, like that's what I'm trying to say is I want us to do this because we're in this healing journey together right and unfortunately life is still going on right so even if we may have not experienced something like this we may end up experiencing something like this later in our lives you know so I just feel such a calling for this podcast that there's moms out there and that you're struggling and I want you to know you don't have to suffer inside I suffered in silence for a long time but you don't have to you don't have to suffer in silence and even if you're clean and you're barely hanging on like you don't have to barely hang on you can thrive you can be a whole different woman it's an it's enough let me tell you something it's enough to get clean from that addiction but where it doesn't become enough to just be clean is when you're still behaving the same way that you were when you were in your active addiction which I was right I got clean and three years in I'm still acting just as crazy as I did when I was out there so it shows me that it hadn't it's not so much about what we're using it's about how we're still reacting and behaving to things right again right I feel like there's such a calling for moms right because we are going to be the chain breakers of our generation our children are going to get to see something different and if you're here I feel like God has truly led you here to listen to this because I am just like I'm so passionate about this kind of stuff because you know, I'm a work in progress every day, right? Like I fall short every day as a mother, but like, I just know that like I get a chance again, right? Like to know that I had to live one life to be able to experience the fruit of this life. It's just so empowering to me. And I just want you to know that you are worthy of that too, right? Your story's going to look a little different. Your life and journey is going to look different than mine, but ultimately we're going to be hitting the same outcome right and we're going to be breaking chains breaking lies breaking things off our children that society of the world maybe you your parents somebody told you that you've been putting into your children right like if you've been instilling things in your kids it's not too late right you can change that I'm a whole different mom than I was just a year ago you know like I feel like okay maybe I planted some things on my kids a year ago now it's like it's different now right so we're constantly evolving it's never too late to change and be a better mom and to be a better woman like I'm just all about change I'm in love with the process of transformation I'm in love with the idea of transformation and like I just I'm excited to have you in this journey right and so I just feel like some of the main things that in order for us to step into that type of transformation there are a lot of key there are a few key things we need to take care of internally right and it's our you know spiritually like where is our foundation at right where do we stand with god where do we stand in this in this partnership with god right Two, where are we at in our recovery healing journey i understand that there's different processes of recovery some you know some go to church some go to recovery programs some go to treatments or some go to all right like and you know it's just finding what works for you some go to counseling some do therapy like I just want you to do what works for you as long as you're in a healing and a recovery process right in some way shape or form and just to not carry that baggage around with you right and then the third one right like emotionally where are we at emotionally like have we done a heart check lately have we done how am I feeling about this person am I carrying all this resentment right like we get to see if 
what kind of roots or I mean what kind of seeds are we planting in our kids have we been bitter in front of them a lot have they seen nothing but bitterness have they seen nothing but jealousy in mom have they seen you know or have they seen a happier mom have they seen a hey you know I'm trying to get better like what kind of a mom are you becoming around your children right and then another one is that's very important that I don't feel is talked enough about is our physical health right like I know that's another thing I'll share about is even as a personal trainer, as a boxing trainer, I let myself go this past year. Like I'm talking about not as of last year after I had my daughter, I was dealing with some health issues, but like I started gaining all this weight and I just like really like stopped trying. And for somebody that's always fit and like trying to work out and take care of myself, I was in a body that I didn't recognize and I'm coming out of that, right? Like I'm starting to train, but I realized the importance of physical health, right? And even as a trainer, I had to humble myself to go ask another trainer to help me because I was struggling with the mental aspect of it, right? And so now I go to a gym and I go get my, my you know, my physical training and then I'm, I'm like, you know what? Like it doesn't make me a bad trainer. It makes me an honest human being that I'm able to admit to you that even as a trainer, I struggle to push myself physically. So I can only imagine it must be a struggle for some of us moms, especially we get busy with our kids. We put our kids before ourselves, but like we must take care of ourselves first. We must pour into our own buckets first because we're not going to be able to help anybody else out. So some of those things, like I said, the mental, spiritual, emo- uh, emotional, physical, right? So like that is my mission. I want to be able to help you. I want to be able to like steer you in some directions so that we can grow together, right? Because you deserve it. And I'm just so excited for this mission, mom. Again, if you would like to join our Facebook community group, uh, everything's linked at the bottom. There's also my website. You want to know a little bit more about me and you can connect with me. I got my Gmail as well. But if you join that Facebook community group or the Telegram chat room, you'll be able to reach me either way. So I'm so excited, Mama. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I just want to leave you with a quick prayer. And um, so that I, I just hope that maybe my story touched you a little bit. Right. So, God, we just thank you for these wonderful moms on the other side listening. Lord, I just pray for their ears to be open, for their eyes to see the beauty and the miracle within them, Lord, that they are. I pray that you continue to use me and other women to be a vessel of your work and of your love and transformation. I pray that they know that they're here for a reason. They came for their healing. They came to change their mindset. They came to heal emotionally, physically, spiritually. And I just pray, Lord, that you that you put in their heart that they are worthy. They are capable. They are full of purpose. And that with you, anything is possible. So, Lord, we know the plans you have for us. Just like Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I just declare that over all the moms listening right now. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye, Mama. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you back here soon. Thank you so much, Mama, for listening to today's episode. If this show impacted you in any way or touched your spirit, it would mean the world to me if you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a written review. Not only does it bring me so much joy to see how it's impacting you, but it helps to grow the show so that we can continue to spread this message to moms all over the world. Thank you so much again for helping me grow this mission. God bless you, Mama. Bye-bye. Happy day. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.